Welcome to the podcast. On this episode, we're talking with Martin Schurz. Martin works for T-Systems in Germany, and he is a systems architect. He's built something pretty cool using Ansible. Now, if you're not familiar with Ansible, it is a configuration management and systems maintenance tool that can be used to deploy software and maintain configurations. Now, what Martin has done is he's built Ansible playbooks that enable him to build out systems, including MongoDB Atlas. And the cool thing about this is that he's actually leveraging the MongoDB Atlas API. So he's interacting with the API to deploy MongoDB instances inside of MongoDB Atlas. Pretty cool. Great guy to talk to. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to the MongoDB Podcast. MongoDB Podcast. Exploring the world of software development, data, and all things MongoDB. And now your hosts, Michael Lynn and Nick Raboy. Martin, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. I'm really excited to begin this conversation. But before we begin, I'm wondering if you would uh, help us out. Let us let the listeners know who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, hi. Um, so I'm also really excited to be here with you. Um, so I am a systems architect with T-Systems based in Germany. And usually I well uh, operate services for our clients, uh, which range from basic web pages to shops to uh, intranet applications. Uh, usually in the web uh, scape, I'm working with several different uh, technologies there, um, usually lots of different databases and application technologies. And well, part of that is uh, MongoDB. That's because uh, that's why I'm here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. We love that. We love MongoDB. Um, <clears throat> so you're essentially a software developer. You're also working in the in the DevOps space? Um, I'm not really a developer, though I, I do some code sometimes. Um, I'm more like an advanced system administrator or like Google puts this, this site reliability engineer would be a good description. Good old SRE. Great. Fantastic. And today we're going to spend a little time talking about one of my favorite platforms for configuration automation, Ansible. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit about Ansible from your perspective. Well, Ansible, from my perspective, is a tool um, which makes my life uh, pretty much easier because it helps us to um, do stuff automatically, do it in with high quality and always the same. So I already mentioned we're working for several dis different customers. We're working with different technologies, and Ansible just has a broad support for different technologies. So. We can use it everywhere with every technology, and we have one interface for our work with uh, the systems and the um, projects. Yeah. So, um, because I'm I'm not too familiar with Ansible, uh, I don't have any hands-on experience. But how might this differ from, say, uh, something like Kubernetes or Chef or Puppet or or one of these other uh, tools? Is there something unique about Ansible uh, in this in this space? Um, yeah. Um... For example, you already mentioned Puppet and Chef. Uh, I think the best comparison is between the, those three. Uh, so if you take Puppet, you're, you're having a configuration language or a configuration tool that describes the system state, um, where you specify, I want this in that way, and Puppet, uh, Puppet uh, takes all the action that is needed to get it that way. And with Ansible, it is like I'm describing a um, um, kind of playbook uh, and uh, 
a trail of action that Ansible should execute on a system. And I'm not describing the, the state which is achieved. I'm describing the tasks that are needed to achieve the state. So that's the main difference. And that makes Ansible a pretty um, understandable and easy tool because uh, you can think in straight runbooks and straight actions um, to get to your target. Um, that's kind of an easier approach, and it's also pretty um, pretty mighty to do different stuff. So it differs in that rather than describing state, you're describing the actions that you want to take exactly. on the configuration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So I, I worked with Ansible for a little bit um, here at MongoDB, and I was working to automate deployment of MongoDB instances that would be used on-premise. But I understand that you're not using it for on-premise versions of MongoDB. Rather, you're using it in conjunction with Atlas. Tell, tell me a little bit about how you're using it with Atlas. Yeah, sure. Um, for this special customer we, we're talking about, we wanted to uh, use a cloud-only approach where we um, are using services and, uh, well, ready-to-use services for our uh, project and uh, well that way we discovered mongodb atlas because this project needed a mongodb database and we didn't want to provision it ourselves or run the vms ourselves so we uh, started to use uh, the atlas um, tool the atlas um, service for um, yeah for provisioning our atlas uh, mongodb databases and um, at first, we did it via the front end, via clicking through all the menus you provide there. And it's really, uh, really insightful, really helpful to discover what you really want from MongoDB and how it should run, how it should be available, how it should work all together. We discovered that via the Atlas front end. And later on, we, uh, uh, we wanted to automate this also with our Ansible know-how and our Ansible implementation. So, so how many instances uh, or how many clusters are you actually running to, to make it worthwhile to need some kind of automation with Ansible versus uh, the manual click-through method? Okay, um, for starters to, ask, uh, to answer your question, we're running, um, I think, five or seven MongoDB clusters. Some are replicated sharded clusters, so they're really big. Some are pretty small, only a, charted, only a replicated cluster. But I don't think that uh, we're just focusing on quantity here. We also wanted to focus on quality. So we wanted to have uh, five or seven clusters that are exactly the same from a configuration standpoint. And uh, you cannot achieve this with manual work, so uh, we wanted to have this automated. So you're, you're automating the deployments uh, of the MongoDB instances in Atlas with Ansible. Um, are there other aspects? Like, what else are you doing with Ansible apart from deploying the instances? Are you actually going in and doing configuration? Are you working with the database? Um, working with the database, not, not so much, but we're doing some configuration there. So we are provisioning users via Ansible. We are adapting the clusters. We are um, taking backups, for example, um, via Ansible scripts, and we're also managing uh, IP whitelists and all the access configuration. Yeah, I was going to say, so when you deploy via the Atlas interface, the first thing you're likely to do is, well, obviously deploy a cluster, and that takes maybe five to seven minutes uh, for it to, to load and build. And then <clears throat> you'll need to immediately add access 
And if you're working on a project, you're likely to have maybe some uh, robust roles-based access mechanism in place where you, you want to replicate or duplicate that, that roles-based structure each time you deploy the cluster. And then, and then you've got to hit the whitelist so that your applications can have access on the network. I can see how that, that set of skills or set of tasks in using the user interface, I guess it would be prone to, uh, to minor differences in the way that you execute those things. So, um, so <clears throat> how often do you, do you end up uh, executing the playbooks that you build in, in Ansible? For our live environment, not so often because, uh, well, we are releasing slowly at times. But in our dev and test environments, I think we're using them like uh, once a week, uh, every every two weeks or so. Um, it's not it's not really the the hard DevOps uh, style where you deploy every day or ten times a day, but we're changing the MongoDB configuration well on a weekly bi-weekly basis. So, for what reason would you need to run uh, these Ansible playbooks? Uh, more than once a week or every other week? Uh, are you completely like destroying the clusters and rebuilding them uh, for tests and, and et cetera? Or what's, what's the reasoning behind it? Um, so in the development environment, we are doing some data resets in infrequent intervals. So we, with these resets, we destroy all the database, all the uh, accumulated data and provision it in you. So that's run there. And we also um, having... We're also creating new applications, and then we need to provision new users for the database and new access rights. That's depending on how the project evolves. Now, I'm familiar with Ansible. Um, there are several ways that you can you can get in and use Ansible. You can use it from the command line. You can create um, automation packages that I guess they I think they call them playbooks, um, which kind of wrap uh, functionality of the individual Ansible. Um, I guess you'd call them scripts. Um, <clears throat> tell me about tell me about what the what you've built, and is this something that someone else can take advantage of? Or, or have you been working in an open source fashion where the things that you put together can be leveraged by other folks? So when we started with this, um, we uh, searched the internet for help because uh, that's what you do. You always search if someone did this before you. Don't want to replicate stuff, and we found some uh, blog entries on the MongoDB blog where uh, one of your engineers was describing how you can uh, access the Atlas API with uh, Ansible tasks. And this description included uh, one of the default Ansible modules that's called URI. Uh, it's, well, it's like a curl or wget for web URLs uh, from the command line. And it's a really basic wrapper where you specify an URL and you specify a payload in JSON and it just posted it to the Atlas API. And that's where we started and what we used the first few weeks. And then we wanted to make it more robust, more, uh, more accessible for our users. And we decided to develop an Ansible module uh, for um, encapsulating all these URI calls. And well, that's what we did. We um, created an Ansible role at first to um, to encapsulate this, and then we um, moved on to the bandwagon of Ansible collections, which are kind of advanced uh, collect uh, advanced um, yeah, collections of roles and playbooks and other components of Ansible. 
And one other component of Ansible is a module. And a module is basically Python code, which you uh, program yourself and which can then be executed as a simple task from Ansible. So uh, at this point, we had a module that was encapsulating all these uh, Atlas API calls and uh, all the nitty gritty stuff with the JSON payload. And uh, our users just, con uh, just could write uh, simple, basic Ansible playbooks, uh, which everybody can understand. So I have, a, I have a few questions that I want to dig into in, in regards to the impact that Ansible has had for you. Um, so first of all, the first question is, are you the only one managing uh, the Ansible uh, collections and modules and, and, and playbooks um, for your organization? Or are you on a team of, of site, reliable, site reliable engine? Can't even say the word, site reliability engineers. <laughs> um. Yeah, we, we are a small team. Um, at the moment, we are uh, three people who care about uh, basically all the open source stuff we publish. So uh, we are not uh, dedicated to the MongoDB Ansible role. Sorry for that. But uh, we we are one more than one person, so the bus factor is not a problem. <laughs> so when, when you were, I, I assume at some point in time, you were actually doing the, the actual click through and um, actually doing the configurations manually before you decided to go the Ansible route. I could be wrong on this, uh, but do you want to speak into maybe the, maybe the amount of time that you saved going down this path or the amount of dollars that, that your organization was able to save um, as part of this process? I don't, that's really hard to quantify, I'm afraid. Sure. Um, I spent, um, at first, I think I spent like a few hours in the, in the, in the Atlas front end. Uh, clicking around, discovering how stuff works, how it interacts, uh, what dependencies are there. And once I discovered your API documentation, I pretty much uh, used that all the time because uh, at that time I also already had constructed the JSON payloads uh, for our automation and uh, just needed to have the right variable names and inputs to update the stuff. And it was um, really comprehensive. I read a lot there, so I spent some time there. And uh, basically, what it saves uh, of time is uh, at the moment it's an Ansible playbook that executes in, I think, less than ten minutes, with the majority being a creation of a of a Atlas cluster. So, yeah, it saves a lot of time, especially for login, clicking around, uh, making sure you click on the right buttons. You mentioned uh, obviously this is all riding on the API. That's the primary interface that you're you're interacting with Atlas through the API. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to work with the API? How, how is that for, for you? Is it uh, is it clearly documented, or and and how did you how did you get started with the API? It was a pretty uh, pretty easy start, I'd say. The documentation is very comprehensive, very uh, verbose. Uh, so I didn't need some need other external resources or external help to use the API. It just worked like a charm. Uh, it has really nice. Um, comments in it to like if you're using the api you really want an api user with a token or not your personal user um, stuff like this is mentioned that's really nice so it's it's pretty good structure pretty good content and basically everything you need to read if you want to work with uh, atlas in a good way a lot of great things to say about the docs is the, the team that is behind that they're just they're all over it i get so many positive comments about the documentation um what features in the in the uh, in the API, are you leveraging? At the moment, um, we are uh, 
feature, we are leveraging uh, three different API resources. So one is for creating clusters. Um, the other one is for creating users in the MongoDB in, uh, instances. And the next one is, make, is for managing whitelists and uh, IP access control. You found this, uh, I guess, just looking for, looking for uh, details about how to interact with, uh, with MongoDB. I'm curious about how you got started and, and found the overlap between Ansible and, and because we do, offer, we do offer Terraform and kind of infrastructure as code capabilities in the tool. I'm curious about how you ended up with an Ansible-based solution. Um, so I, I mentioned um, we, we had an existing project and we also had existing knowledge in this project. Uh, we tried several uh, configuration tools before we came to MongoDB Atlas. So uh, we already were pretty much set in Ansible because we used it uh, everywhere else. Um, it's uh, like, I don't know, I think we have like 50 or 60 different applications in, in our setup. So uh, changing our automation base was not a really good approach. So I guess when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yeah, that's, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about, um, it's, it's really a, a, a small, uh, small way between uh, we always did it this way and uh, it's a good way to do it um, we're pretty sure using ansible is a good way to do it and we did it always this way so i think <laughs> for us it works pretty good yeah i wanted to follow up on on mike's question here so i mean like mike said early on in the podcast he was doing ansible stuff with on-prem and i know a lot of users who get started with atlas they they just do the the click through way of of management so it's not only i guess it's probably not always obvious that there is api i mean how did you stumble upon that what you were already using ansible but where did you like where did it click or where did you find it and and say oh wow i i can actually manage this with ansible how did you get this information how did i get this information i'm i'm thinking about this at the moment um i think it's just something i i regularly look up because um I don't want to use tools anymore that don't have a good API. That's one of my criteria for picking a good software because um, I want to uh, make my life and our customer lives easier by automating stuff and uh, doing, uh, well, worthwhile work and not uh, clicking around some front ends, uh, regardless how good the front ends are. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of our main points. We want to do uh, high quality work and uh, I think API, a good API is one of the cornerstones of high quality work. And in terms of the, the deployment and where you're using this today, can you talk a little bit about the customers that, um, that you're using this with? Is it for use with multiple customers? Oh, it's used for one customer only exclusively. Um, we're, we're in Germany, we are pretty uh, harsh about data protection and stuff like this. We don't want to share our data. So um, we're using it as a user database for uh, service that's kind of like YouTube but specific to Germany. In regards to uh, like data protection, are you able to talk about how you are managing security beyond the um, access list control uh, that that MongoDB offers? Like how are you securing your Ansible scripts and MongoDB for that for that reason as well? Yeah, so the security side on the Ansible scripts is uh, handled with an, an feature from Ansible that's called Walt. So what Walt does is basically it encrypts sensitive uh, configuration data with a symmetric key or with a certificate. Um, you can choose it as a, as a user what you need for your environment. 
and security regarding MongoDB, we are using uh, the private cloud connection, so we don't use internet connection to the Atlas cluster. We uh, are using the included encryption in the MongoDB Atlas. And uh, what we're doing in our environment, I cannot disclose. Sorry. Respect that for sure. So um, this has been a great conversation. I, I love the fact that you're, well, first of all, that you're using Atlas. I think that's, um, that's great. It's a phenomenal tool to help you increase the agility in the applica application development as well as deployment. And then you're, you're taking that the next step with um, your own automation uh, package approach with Ansible. What else, um, what else would you like folks to know about your, your implementation? Yeah, I think the, the, the most important thing I want to, folks to know about it is that it's open source and everybody can use it uh, free of charge, uh, free as in beer. <laughs> um, and uh, I can invite people to use it and to contribute it uh, if they want to have some improvements or if you want uh, to help with it. Um, yeah, we're always happy to interact with uh, enthusiastic open source fans to get this further. And well, what I cannot say, we are, um, uh, what we publish is, uh, from our point of view, complete working software. So you can use it in your projects, uh, even be a, uh, just a user. That's also really fine because, uh, you're saving some work for yourself and you're using something the community uh, provided to you. And, well. So I want to I wanna ask where folks can go to get more information and we'll include this in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Um, you can find the module uh, on Ansible Galaxy, which is kind of, uh, you know, it, uh, the central module registry for Ansible modules where everything is published. Um, when you search for MongoDB or Atlas, it should pop out on one of the first hits. And we're also on GitHub in our private GitHub uh, organization at the moment, or private organization, but in our public uh, own GitHub organization. Um, I think we can include the link in the comments. On, on the... So I'll need, if, if I'm going to take advantage of this, I'm going to need, obviously, we'll, we'll publish the links to the GitHub repository and to Ansible Galaxy. What else am I going to need, maybe even from the Atlas side, uh, to get started? Okay, you need a little bit of preparation on the Atlas side. Um, there are some parts we haven't automated yet because they are so rarely done that this doesn't make sense. So on the Atlas side, you basically you need a project, you need a correct billing account to create some clusters, and you need an API user, and basically that's it. You're set. When you got this. Does this work with the free tier instances? You mentioned you need a billing account, but does this work with the M0 free tier instance size? Coincidentally, I tried this a few days ago and it does not work, mainly because uh, the API masks free instances and you can't create free instances via the API. I was not aware of that. Me so that's a limitation neither. in the API. <laughs> it, okay. it, reads, it reads there in a, in a sentence, so it's, uh, it's clearly stated in the docs, but uh, well. Mm. I guess it makes sense because uh, you don't want to have a lot of uh, free tier users creating and dropping clusters and putting stress on your system. So Yeah, I guess there would be some challenges around that because technically you're only permitted to create one free tier instance per project. So having it available in the API might might create some confusion around that yeah, it's, anyway. It's so. not logical, yeah. So Yeah. Well, yeah. but that's, that's the only limitation I found so far. Um, from what I'm aware, if you got a 
a working project and a working billing account and an API user, there's no real limitation I'm aware of at the moment. And then, of course, at some point, you need to create an API key that will give access to the, yeah, okay. And that's a fairly straightforward process. There's an access manager link right in the, the main uh, Atlas console. Terrific. Well, this has been uh, a great conversation. I'm excited to, to dive back into Ansible. It's been a little while since I've, uh, I've worked with Ansible. So knowing that it works with Atlas is, is great for me. I'm going to dive back in there and take a look at it. Um, what else would you like uh, people to know about your project or, or what you're up to these days? At the moment, I'm fighting the Hacktoberfest uh, challenge. Uh, so <laughs> if, if, you, Outstanding. if you want to contribute to open source, uh, pick something meaningful and uh, do some meaningful work. Uh, I think every maintainer and every user of open source, basically everyone working in IT right now, uh, is kind of grateful for everything you do uh, in the public and every um, contribution that uh, really means something. Um, yeah, from our part, I'm working on it that uh, we get uh, more stuff released to the public because I really believe um, we're using so much uh, pre-made stuff, so much uh, knowledge that is put out there freely and uh, without uh, strings attached. And we should just give something back and uh, yeah, spread the word, uh, spread the, the code, um, just well, help, help other people get uh, good stuff running. That's admirable. admirable. Um, that's fantastic. So um, I guess, Nick, uh, anything else before we begin to close out? No, I think this was fantastic. Well, Martin, thank you so much for spending time with us. I look forward to t taking a look at your, your Ansible uh, project and, and putting that to work, deploying and managing my Atlas instances with Ansible. Thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. I really had fun doing this. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Have a question or a suggestion for the show? Visit us in the MongoDB community forums at community.mongodb.com.